0: Well, in a few days, we're going to be celebrating Christmas 2014. Now, academics debate, should we refer to it as 2014 CE, meaning in the common era, or should the, or should the notation be AD 2014, meaning Anno Domini in the year of our Lord 2014? Well, regardless of which way we refer to it, everybody agrees it's 2014. The point is, it's 2014 years since the birth of Jesus, meaning if you want to remove Jesus from the notation, if you don't want to say, Anno Domini in the year of our Lord, it doesn't change the fact that we're still counting things from his birth. That his birth is the center from which our entire counting system is based. That if I think about my birthday, I was born in 1972. Well, what is that saying? I'm My birthday, I'm thinking of it in relation to Jesus' birth. That 1972 represents 1972 years in reference to the birth of Jesus. Now... It's not, it's not only true that every event after his birth is dated in reference to it, every event now that happened before his birth is dated in reference to it. Augustus Caesar is born in 63 BC. 63 years before Christ. Now even if you want to say BCE, before the common era, the point is Augustus Caesar's birthday is being given in relation to Jesus' birthday, not the other way around. Jesus is the center. Every time that means you write a date on a form, anytime anybody writes a date, whether they're a Christian or a non Christian, it's an implicit recognition that Jesus is the center of human history. That every event, every date, everything that happens is given in relationship to Him. He's the center. Now listen, I understand the secular explanation for this. I understand for the secular explanation why the whole world calls this 2014. The explanation is, is that for many years, Western culture has been the dominant culture. And then within the culture of Western Western culture, Christianity had for a long time been the dominant force. And so it makes sense that within Christianity, the birth of Jesus is important. Christianity is important to Western culture. Western culture has been influential in the world, so by de facto, Jesus' birth became the center of how we count years. That's a rational, secular explanation, and it's very plausible. However, I think there's another explanation. I think the fact that we count years, and this is 2014, meaning in reference to the birth of Jesus, affirms something that God said about Jesus' birth in the Bible, in the book of Hebrews. And so I'd love for us to look at what he said about Jesus' birth and about why perhaps another explanation as to why we date our years the way that we do. So if you have a Bible, would you turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 9? If you didn't bring a Bible with you, that is no problem. We are so glad you're here. What we would love for you to do is, if you're willing, in the rack in front of you or underneath your seat, there's uh, one of these Bibles. And if you take one of those and just turn to page 973, you're going to be right where we are. And if for no other reason, just do it out of a mild curiosity for another explanation for how we count years the way that we do. For no other reason, just follow along so I can share with you one possible explanation is it's just an accident of history. Western culture, Christianity, Jesus' birth, that's just kind of the way it unfolded. I'd like to give you another possible explanation. And that explanation comes out of Hebrews chapter 9. I'm going to read verses 26 to 28, but the phrase we're really going to key in on is in the second half of verse 26. Please listen as I read. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. Here's the phrase. But he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Okay, the key phrase is, he has appeared, that's referring to his birth. Jesus has come on the scene. Jesus has come to be in part of human history at the culmination of the ages. Meaning, Jesus is the hinge of human history. That everything culminates in his birth. Everything that happened before his birth looks forward to his birth. Everything that happens after his birth looks back towards his birth. That Hebrews is affirming Jesus is the center. Jesus is the one from whom we say it's 2014 because Jesus is the culmination of the ages. He is the hinge of human history. Now listen, if today... The entire world says, well, wait a minute, if we write 2014, if that's affirming Jesus, we don't want to do that. And we change how things are dated. That doesn't change the fact that Jesus is the center of human history. But what I'm saying is, if you even look at how we count our years, it's implicitly an affirmation of this statement. It's enough, hopefully, for you and I to be able to say, well, why why is this the year 2014? Here, the book of Hebrews is saying it's 2014 because Jesus is the center of history and everything should be calculated in relation to his birth. Now, what's interesting to me about this is that this statement that Jesus is the center of human history, the culmination of the ages, this statement was written about A.D. 60 or 70, okay? I know Domini in the year of our Lord, 86, which means some 60 or 70 years after his birth. Now, we didn't start counting years the way we count them until about the 500s. At the time of Jesus, nobody was like, hey, there was a baby born in Bethlehem. Change the dating system. Everybody count years now this way. Now, for a long time, years were being counted in terms of the Roman uh, councils who were uh, in power at the time. But here, a little baby is born in a manger in a stable in Bethlehem, and within 60 to 70 years of his birth, a statement is being made, that baby is the center of human history. We weren't counting years that way yet but the point is God is saying look that child is the center now perhaps we could say if it didn't turn out that way well nobody would be reading Hebrews right now I would like to argue God made this statement about Jesus long before the world caught on to the reality that this is the case and the fact that we are counting years from his birth is enough of an affirmation doesn't prove anything it doesn't prove anything but it ought to be enough of an affirmation to say huh That's interesting because God, long before we started counting years this way, declared Jesus' birth is the center of history. All of human history turns on God becoming a human. Everything that happens before Jesus' birth points toward it. Everything that happens after Jesus' birth points back. It's because he's the culmination of the ages. Everything happens around Jesus. Jesus. Now, why is this the case? Why should Jesus be the center of human history? Why should everything look towards him or back towards him? Well, Hebrews 9 gives us three reasons. The first is in the second half of verse 26. But he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of, himself, The first reason why Jesus is the center point of human history is because he provides forgiveness for sins. The reason why everything before Jesus looks to him and everything after Jesus looks back toward him is because he provides forgiveness for sins. Now notice what it says. He appeared once for all to do away with sin. This is actually the word for annul. It means to remove or annul. It's a legal term that you can use in relation to a contract, to annul a contract. But you might be able to think about it in terms of marriage. Marriage, we talk on one hand of divorce. Divorce is when you are separated from your spouse, but even though you're no longer married, there's still some connection and there will be. That's my ex-husband. That's my ex-wife. There will always be some level of connection because there's a shared history. There may be shared interests. There's no way for you not to have any connection to that person that you're divorced from. However, if your marriage is annulled, it never existed. It never happened. Nobody walks around saying, well, there's my annulled husband and there's my annulled wife. We don't do that because you don't have a relationship. There's no ongoing tie because there isn't any connection whatsoever. Now catch what God is saying. Jesus came not to divorce us from our sins, but to annul our relationship with our sins. It's not that we're gonna walk around saying, those used to be my sins. That's my ex-sin over there. It's that we have no connection with our sin whatsoever. It's been completely annulled. There is no relationship between me and my sins, all the anger, all the harshness, all the pride, all the sexual abuse, all of the uh, infidelity, all of the abortions, all of the betrayals, all of the anger, all the things that we've done, all the disobedience. Jesus was born to annul our relationship with them that they have no connection to us whatsoever. We no longer walk around saying, yes, that's my sin, that's who I... It's just not related to us at all. That's the first reason why Jesus is the center of human history. is because he came to annul our connection to all the things that we've done wrong. All the ways that we've disobeyed, all the ways we've diso- dis- dis- displeased God, simply Not connected to us. As far as the East is from the West, so far has God removed our sins, our mistakes, our errors from us. They have no connection to us at all. Second reason why Jesus is the center of human history. Verse 27 and into 28. Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. The second reason why Jesus' birth is the center of human history is because Jesus rescues us from judgment. Jesus rescues us from judgment. Now, the idea of judgment is not a popular concept today. Nobody likes to think about the fact that at some point we're going to have to give an account for how we lived our lives. We like to think, well, I'm the boss of me. I decide whether the things I did were the right things or the wrong things. If they worked out, great. If they didn't work out, okay, I gotta live with it. But I made my own choices. But the truth of the matter is, is God is declaring every single human being will face judgment. It is destined, it is appointed, it is written in stone. It is an inviolable rule. Every single human being will stand before God. You see, we want to think that it's life and then death and then it's over. No, it's life, then it's death, then it's judgment. But notice what it says the end in the first part of verse 28. Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. Notice it doesn't say Christ was sacrificed to take away the sins of all. It's a sobering reality that there are people in this world who have not yet acknowledged Jesus as Lord. The reason why people are debating should we call this uh, 2014 CE or AD 2014 is because it's a recognition. Not everybody in the world acknowledges Jesus as Lord. The problem is is that everybody in the world, whether they acknowledge Jesus or Lord or not, will still have to face judgment. We'll still stand before God someday and have to give an account for everything that we've done, whether good or evil. But the great thing about Jesus' birth is that when he shows up, he annuls our connection to all of our mistakes, all of our problems, all of our sins, so that we can face judgment as believers in Jesus with no fear whatsoever. That judgment becomes a good thing because you show up with having done nothing wrong because it's all forgiven and removed. And for those who don't know Jesus, the point is you too will show up on judgment day. But you'll show up with all of your sins and mistakes in tow. And you'll have to give an account for why all of those things are attached to your life. All the selfishness, all the disobedience. All the outbursts of anger, all the coveting, all the lying, every single human being will face judgment. But the reason why Jesus is the center of human history is he came to rescue us from it. He came to rescue us so that when he annuls that relationship, we stand before God on judgment day with no sin attached to us whatsoever. Not giving an account for our ex-sins because we don't have ex-sins. Simply standing before God with the goodness of Christ with us. Third reason why Jesus' birth is the center of human history End of verse 28. He will appear a second time not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. The reason why Jesus' birth is the center of human history is because he made a promise that he would return and bring with him salvation. Now, in the second service today, I had no idea what this was coming, so I couldn't have planned it into the sermon, but it happened and it fit, so I'm going to share it with you. In the second service today, we had a serviceman. His name is James. He showed up from an army base in California to surprise his parents. And the first time they got to see him, he's been gone for eight months, was right here in the second service. They were seated in their seats. I think it was over here. I'm not exactly sure. He simply asked the usher, can you save a seat next to them or can you get me a seat next to them? Cool. I can sit by them. He knew that his parents and his grandparents were going to be in church and what better place to surprise them showed up. It's a beautiful moment. But you know what? It's actually a picture of the fact that we're waiting for Christ's return. And when you look at these parents and the absolute tears of joy that they've been separated from their son for eight months, the point is Jesus has promised to return to bring with him life and joy and eternal kingdom and we're waiting for christ to come back because he's going to make all things right and i can only imagine parents who have been separated from a child for eight months who've been worried about it. when they see him walk into church there is this overwhelming sense yes all things are right in the world this is just a small taste like shelly was talking about in the room. this is a small taste of god's grace this is what's coming This is what's coming. Christ is going to return. And the third reason why he's the center of human history is because he's coming to bring salvation. He's not coming to die on a cross. He's already done that. He's coming to bring eternal life. He's coming to bring joy. He's coming to bring peace. He's coming to bring love. This is why he's coming. Jesus is the hinge of human history. And it's because he was born to annul our relationship to our sins, to rescue us from judgment, and to give us eternal life and eternal kingdom that can never end. And the point is, who else in human history can you make that kind of claim about? There's a reason why he is the center of human history. Is because I don't care who you want to pick. Julius Caesar, Socrates, the prophet Muhammad, the apostle Paul, Charles Darwin, Isaac Newton, William Shakespeare. Who do you want? Who in human history ever did anything like that Who in human history even claimed to do anything like that? Who do we know that said, I have been born to annul your relationship to all of your sins, to separate your sins from you as far as the East is from the West? Who is here that is born who ever claimed I showed up not only to rescue you from death, but from judgment? Who is anybody, anybody in human history who said, I will return and bring with me an eternal kingdom? No one else has even claimed to do those kinds of things. So listen, I get the secular explanation for why this is 2014. I understand it. What they're saying is, look, it's an accident of human history. It might as well have been Caesar. It could have been Joseph Smith. It could have been Muhammad. It just happened to be Jesus. Listen to me. That's a possible explanation. It is. It's a possible explanation. It's possible as well in 1793 when the French Republic decided they didn't want to count years from Jesus' birth and they decided to introduce a new calendar with 1793 being year number one because they thought the French Revolution was the high point of human history. It's possible that that didn't take... Simply because Christianity was too well ingrained. That's a possible explanation. It's possible that Jesus' birth became the center and displaced the birth of Roman proconsuls because the empire of Rome fell and the world's like, well, we got to count from somebody, why not that guy? It's possible that people in Africa and Asia and America today call it 2014 simply because they've been influenced by America and Britain and for the past 200 years, America and Britain have been the dominant economic powers. And this is how we count years, so this is how the rest of the world. That's a possible explanation. I cannot deny that. It's a very possible explanation. But what I'm here to say to you is, there's another explanation that's also possible. And the other explanation is, Jesus is the center of human history. That no other person ever made claims like this. No other person ever did anything like this. No other person's birth was anything like this. Who do we know that at their birth, even the story... People don't even tell stories about this. Where someone is born and angels from heaven say, we've come because of, we've got great news for the whole world. This baby? Yes, it's the turning point of human history. That when Jesus is born, it is announced the Savior of the world has come. Who's that ever been said about even at their birth? Even at their death? Who's it ever been written about 60 years after they were born? That child was the center of human history. So all I'm asking you. As if you're here and you're not yet a believer in Jesus, my guess is, is you've bought the argument. It's an accident of human history. Yes, we happen to count years from Jesus' birth. Could have been somebody else. Could have been Bob Smith who was born a couple of days later. Just happened to be Jesus. All I'm asking you is at least consider the possibility there might be another explanation. That that baby that was born in Bethlehem, that this was never an ordinary child. This was always the center of human history. That the reason we count years the way that we count years is it's an impl- implicit affirmation that Jesus is the culmination of all of history. That it's all about him from beginning to beginning to end. And if you've never stopped to at least consider that, please, I will grant you, it's possible that all of this being oriented around Jesus is an accident of human history. But it's also possible that this baby who was born is the savior of the world. He is the culmination of the ages. Everything that happened before him rightly points to him, Everything that comes after him rightly points back to him. Think about it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I can't prove to them anything about you. There's a valid explanation or seemingly valid explanation on one hand And there's a valid explanation on the other. Jesus, the only way for them to know that you are the center of human history is if you speak to their hearts. And God, I pray that right now, whether they are Christians or not christians that are hearing the sound of my voice, Jesus, if you are the center of human history, you deserve to be the center of our lives, that everything before we met you should point to you and everything after we met you should point to you. Jesus, I'm praying that right now, unless your spirit moves in their hearts, which one of these two explanations would we believe? Lord, I only believe because you've opened my eyes and helped me to see. Lord, for those who do not yet see, open their eyes. Lord, reveal yourself to them. I pray, Lord God, the fact that this is 2014, that that might just be a little pointer that points them to the reality. But Jesus, you've got to be on the other side of that pointer. And so I'm asking you, please, Lord, For those who are here who do not yet see, have mercy on them. Give them the greatest gift of Christmas, which is the eyes to see what Christmas is all about. God, we are asking you to do this. Jesus, please, because we know that you want them to come to faith. We ask this in your name. Amen.